Hello and welcome to another episode of Serendipity Girl. I'm your host, Colleen, and I'm on a quest to discover and fix my thoughts on things that are not only true, but are they also noble, pure, right, lovely, excellent, and worthy of praise. I'm so glad you've joined me on this cold, rainy, at least where I'm at, January day, Uh, but I'm looking forward to Valentine's because in the bleak midwinter, I'm always looking forward to the next holiday. So I love Valentine's Day because it's such a fun, happy time for love. And I want to talk to you guys about something that I know we all search for, and that is intimacy and relationship. And God has given us um, marriage as a wonderful vehicle to have intimate union with another person. Um, I've been married for 34 years now, almost. And uh, no, yep, it's been 34. We passed our anniversary. And um, it's wonderful. And God is the one who creates intimacy. And, And you can have close, intimate friendships and have, you know, a a close intimate relationship with your, your parents, hopefully. Um, and so God reserves the most intimate relationship for himself, which I find extremely romantic because God is all about relationship and he's all about having an intimate relationship with us. He knows everything about us. He cares to know everything about us, according to Psalm 139. And he's given us a gift. And so outside of salvation and the Bible, which tells us, I mean, that's a love letter, a series of love letters from God to us. There is a gift that God has given us that we can enjoy and unwrap and use 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 or 366 days a year, all the time. In fact, he tells us to use it all the time. What am I talking about? Prayer. Prayer is just such a wonderful proof of God's love for us that he would care to hear what we have to say to him, that he would care to know what our thoughts are. And yet, even though he already knows what we're thinking before we think it or say it, He still wants to hear it. Why? Because God is all about relationship. And you see that when he creates Adam and Eve, it was all about relationship. He came down during the day to talk to them and listen to them and fellowship with them. And when that relationship was destroyed because of sin, because they chose to believe the devil rather than God. And sin was there. God had already, knowing everything in advance, had made a solution that he was going to send Jesus Christ, who is his son, who is also God and one of the members of the Trinity, always has been God. Jesus was going to come down to be our sinless Savior. And when Jesus died on the cross, the the veil that separated the Holy of Holies in the temple, a place that only one person a year could go and see the high priest. And even then they would tie a rope around his ankles a lot of times because if he had sin in his life that, you know, really willful sin, he might die in there. And and you see in the temple, people could only come so far to God because of his holiness. And whether it was Gentiles um, or 
just the regular Israelites or the priest um, with each level came more responsibility the closer you got to God. So the high priest had the most responsibility and he was the one who got to, to be in the Holy of Holies just once a year. And yet when Jesus died, that veil was torn from the top to the bottom. So God is signifying, listen, I've done everything that I can and everything that needs to be done to have a relationship with you and now to restore my relationship with you because we've all sinned and sin uh, destroys our relationship with God and makes us ineligible to be with him. We're spiritually dead, but because of what Jesus did on a cross for us, which you can read about in the book of John, we can have that relationship restored. So let's dive into kind of a, a prayer for dummies kind of thing. There used to be a series of book, books on every subject in the world about how to do this and that and the other. And um, this comes from the Personal Spiritual Life course book uh, by Dennis J. Mock who is in a ministry called Bible Training Center for Pastors. You can learn more about it in www.btcp.com. It's Bible Training Center for Pastors, but it's not just for pastors. They have um, courses like this one for uh, most of the same material. It's just missing a few things uh, for just anybody, any Christian that wants to know God's word better. So let's dive into this. Um, this is from Personal Spiritual Life. It's on prayer starting, um, it's pages 46 to 52, I believe. And some of these thoughts are mine and some of these thoughts are Dennis Mock's. But um, the scripture is, of course, all God. Uh, what should we know about prayer? Well, first of all, prayer is communion with God. And we talked about that already, about how you know, God really wants to have a relationship with us. And communion isn't just taking a wafer and grape juice or wine to celebrate what Jesus did for us and to thank him for what he did for us. Uh, communion, the word, we get the word community from it, commune, is from the Latin and uh, a synonym in Italian, which is very close to Latin, of course, is uh, intima unione. And hopefully I'm saying that right. Uh, we get the word intimacy from intima. We get the word union from unione. So God wants to have an intimate union with us. You know, and communion is where you exchange thoughts and feelings and emotions um, with someone else. And, and you have a very close rapport. Another Italian word, rapporti, um, from which we get rapport, comes from that. So God wants to go deep with us. So it's communion with God. Philippians 4 verses 4 through 7 talks about how we can come to God with our praises and petitions, uh, with thanksgiving. And um, it's important to praise God and not just ask Him for things. It's important to remember all that He has done and is doing for us and to praise Him for who He is. That's for us. He already knows who He is. But when our praises outpace our petitions, we have a balanced relationship with God. Otherwise, it's easy to try and turn Jesus into a genie. And He's not a genie, but He is a loving Heavenly Father. So we can talk and listen to God. First uh, Samuel talks about how the boy Samuel was, um, God was speaking to him. Now God speaks to us now through the Bible. And uh, it's important that we not only talk to God, but that we save some time in silence, like the monks in the monasteries have done for centuries, uh, to listen to God. Now he's going to speak through his word primarily. So sometimes you'll hear a thought in your mind, but 
before you conclude that that's God, you need to test it and make sure that it doesn't contradict God's word because Satan likes to deceive and copycat. So, um, that's how we listen to God is by reading the Bible, memorizing it. And then the Holy Spirit will bring those verses to mind. And then sometimes he'll speak to us directly, but make sure that it doesn't contradict God's written word. Know his word well and be rich in that first. Uh, prayer is a conscious dependence on God. Uh, we see in 2 Corinthians 1 that Paul had trials that caused him to rely on God. Uh, we see that is an acknowledgement of our need for God, like Hannah in 1 Samuel 1 verses 9 through 17, when she's asking God to give her a son and she was desperately pleading and God answered. She knew that she needed God to make this happen. Um, prayer is calling on God to intervene in our lives. In 2 Samuel 15, 31, David asked God to turn the counsel that Absalom, his son, who was rebelling against the kingdom and trying to stage a coup, was getting. And he said, God, would you intervene and just confuse the counsel that he's getting? Um, prayer is is the way that God brings his blessings and his power. It's a channel that he He brings them in our human circumstances. In James 5, 16 through 18, and you can hit the back button to go back 10 seconds if you want to write some of these scriptures down. Uh, in James 5, 16 through 18, it talks about how the prayer of a righteous person has great power. And we are righteous because of Christ. And, you know, as long as we're trying to walk uh, and live a righteous life, maybe imperfectly, but we're, we're trying to live through God's spirit, a righteous life. Um, the prayer of a righteous person has great power. Um, if we tolerate sin in our lives and, and we're just coming to God with a callous kind of attitude or with doubt or anything like that, that's a different story. And we can deal with that in a minute. But prayer can often move the hand and heart of God. Like when David prayed that Israel would stop suffering from a plague because of sin. And by prayer, we can claim God's promises and rely on his mercy, grace, and provision like Daniel does in Daniel 9 when he's praying for Israel because the temple was destroyed by the Babylonians and then the Persians took over and and everything was just in ruins. Um, Jesus showed that prayer was an essential part of his life. John 11, he prays before he raises Lazarus. Um, Mark 1.35, he prays early before dawn. Luke 6.12, he prays all night long, alone. Luke 11, verse 1, he's praying for the dis- while the disciples are watching and they're like, hey, teach us how to pray. Um, Matthew 14.23, after ministry, Jesus would often uh, recharge his batteries by spending time with his heavenly father, setting an example for us. Matthew 26 uh, talks about how he prayed in Gethsemane before he went to the cross. So Jesus bathed everything he did in prayer. Uh, in the book of Acts, we see that prayer was a critical part of their ministry. Uh, in Acts 1 and 2, we see that the believers are praying while they wait on God to send the promised Holy Spirit to baptize them like he did on the day of Pentecost. So prayer um, is an important part of waiting on God. Uh, prayer gives God an opportunity to reveal his will to us, like in Acts 1 when the disciples were trying to replace Judas, who had died, and they needed another disciple to have 12. Um, we see in Acts 2 that uh, the believers were devoted to fellowship and eating meals together and praying and also taking communion together. Uh, we see in Acts 4 that... Um, 
prayer can produce boldness for Christ and purify motives because Peter and John were released from jail and then they were praying um, for boldness and preaching the gospel because they knew that they could end up, you know, in jail or worse. Prayer paves the way for preaching the gospel effectively. In Acts 10, we see that through Cornelius's prayers, God sent Peter to tell him the whole gospel so he would know how to be saved. He was the first Gentile believer. Prayer in Acts 13 shows that before um, they sent two people into service, the church prayed and God revealed that it was Barnabas and Saul that needed to be ordained for ministry. Prayer, according to Acts 27, can pump up our faith in God's faithfulness because God revealed to Paul and he told the sailors who were scared for their lives after a big shipwreck, he said, listen, we're losing the ship, but we're not going to die. And that was a great comfort to them. Who should we pray for? Besides ourselves, of course. Matthew 5, 44, pray for your enemies and those who persecute you. Matthew 26, 41, pray, um, Jesus prays, and we should pray that we should not fall into temptation. Uh, Luke 18, 1, uh, always pray and never give up. June 6, uh, June, <laughs> John 16, verse 23, um, the Father gives what we ask for in Jesus' name. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But Matthew 7, 7 through 11, God says to ask him, to seek him, to knock. And he will open the door and we will find him. And he will grant what we're asking according to his will. Jesus taught us to pray privately, not with a lot of show and pomp and circumstance in Matthew 6. And also don't feel like you have to use a lot of words because he knows what you need before you pray. Uh, if we fail to pray, James 4, 2 says it's... We fail to get what we need from God because we didn't ask or we asked for the wrong motives. Um, we also know that in Romans eight twenty six, Jesus and the Holy Spirit intercede for us in prayer to the Father. And the Spirit intercedes God's perfect will for us. Isn't that incredible? And we can just say, hey, I agree with whatever Jesus and the Spirit want for me. And I just want to line my will up with yours, Lord. Uh, you know, God... We'll always answer prayers that are in accordance with His will. First John 5, 14 through 15 says, If you ask anything according to His will, He'll grant it. Um, sin and disobedience to God and lack of faith, giving in to doubt and asking for the wrong reasons, these are all things that can impact negatively our prayers. So it's good to come to God and ask Him, Is there any sin? that you want to reveal to me. The Holy Spirit reveals things to us. And it's also good um, to ask him to give you more faith and to help you not doubt. Because James says we need to believe and not doubt. But that's hard sometimes. So come and ask God for the very faith. Um, prayer should always be our first response instead of our last resort. Um, according to Acts 12, you know, the church prayed for Peter. And that was why he got delivered. They didn't think of all the millions of ways they could deliver him themselves. They went to God directly. And in response to their praying all night, Jesus sent an angel, God sent an angel to um, deliver Peter from jail. It's a great story. So how do we pray? Well, Colossians 4.2, we should be watchful and thankful. Being thankful is an important thing because it builds our faith. God knows what he does, but it's good for us to thank him because then we trust him for what we haven't yet seen happen yet. And in Second Chronicles 7, verse 14 and 15, it says, if we humbly seek God's faith with all of our hearts and pray and turn from our sins, he will hear. 
and he will heal our land. And I believe that's applicable to any nation and any anyone who has faith in Jesus. It's not just Israel. It's it's a it's for them in that passage, but I think it's a applicational principle that we can apply. Uh, again, we need to ask for things in Jesus' name according to his will, according to 1 John 5, 14 through 15. We don't just get whatever we ask for. That's that's plain genie Jesus. We need to pray with thanksgiving and a grateful heart, like Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says. We need to pray fervently, regularly, and persistently. I mean, Daniel prayed three times a day, knowing that he could get in trouble, and he did. He went into the lion's den for praying three times a day because he was set up by a law that these guys who were jealous of him put up, but he still prayed, and God delivered him from the lions. First uh, Thessalonians 5.17 says it best, pray continually. Pray at all times in the Spirit. You know, we want to be filled with the Spirit when we're praying. So just that's when it's important to just yield control. You know, we're always yielding over control to God. It's a process. You know, I wish you could just yield yourself to the Holy Spirit just one time and that's it. But he gives us free will. So we make that choice every day. But when we pray in the spirit, um, God says to pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests and for boldness and witnessing and to have no fear in witnessing. That was Paul's heart. We need to pray for ourselves and for others. We need to pray for the spread of the gospel. Um, in 2 Thessalonians 3, 1, uh, Paul is saying, pray for us. And that, you know, the gospel will spread and for protection because they were getting in trouble, as a lot of people are now, uh, for even having a Bible, for even being a Christian. We need to pray. And Voice of the Martyrs has a wonderful ministry. You can go to icommittopray.com and they will also send you a prayer calendar that's very helpful. And they'll send you specific prayer um, posts in their app or email. So that's a great way to pray for people who are being persecuted. Uh, we can pray for deliverance from Satan and evil men. 2 Thessalonians 3, 2. We can pray that we would uh, not fall into temptation. Matthew 26, 41. Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 19. Oh, I love it because it talks about praying for strength and encouragement. It is a wonderful prayer to pray. Uh, to pray for that Christ and all of his fullness will be made manifest in our lives for wisdom and comprehension. And the thing he wants us to understand more than anything in that passage in Ephesians uh, 3, verses 18 and 19 is how much God loves us. And that's what it comes back to. God's given us prayer because he loves us. And he wants us to pray that we would know his will with all spiritual understanding, like Colossians 1, 9 says. He wants us to be more intimate with him, like Ephesians 1, 17 says. That's part of the fullness of Christ. He talks also elsewhere about, you know, um, I will dwell with you and, and my father and I will make our home in you. And, you know, it's okay to pray for physical and spiritual healing, like James 5, 13 through 16 says. Um, when our kids were little, we used to, I used to uh, put just a dab of olive oil on their forehead. Not that there was anything magical about that, but that verse talks about calling the elders. Well, I, right or wrong, I didn't want to call my pastor every single time my kids were sick. I knew they were busy with a whole church and maybe it would have been okay. But I, I said, you know, my husband is the elder in our family. He's the one in charge in our family. Um, so I would have my husband pray and I would join with him and pray. And, um, and I believe that God 
rewarded that and and blessed that. But we can call for elders in the church to come and pray for us. And if it's God's will to heal, then he will, or he might heal later, or he might heal when he takes someone home to be with him. Lastly, we can pray for the lost. 1 Timothy 2 verse 1, we need to pray for kings and those in authority. Uh, 1 Timothy 2 verses 1 and 2. And the good thing is that when we pray and we believe, God gives his peace in our hearts. You know, it all comes back to love. And that's why Paul says in Ephesians 3 that he wants us to know how much God loves us. That Because when we know how much God loves us, we're going to respond to his love with loving him back. And prayer is a way of nurturing that love, just like my husband and I um we talk quite frequently throughout the day and at night. And imagine if I only spoke to my husband once a week on Sundays. Well, some people will go to church and they'll they'll pray, you know, maybe they'll talk to God on Sunday and that's great. That's a great start. But you know what? Prayer is a gift for every day. And and Jesus did so much to secure that for us, the reason that that veil Torah, which signified in the, the Holy of Holies that there was no longer a separation between God and mankind because of what Jesus had done. The reason he went to such lengths there is the same reason that he created us. He created us for relationship with him and prayer, whether you're confessing your sins, whether you're entering his court with praises and praising him using the Bible and the promises, the scriptures are great things to pray. Why? Because we already know that God's promises and his will, um, they're never going to change. So as you pray promises and as you pray things, like if God gives you a command to do something, turn it into a prayer. Say, Lord, please help me do dot, 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 whatever the command is. And so the more you pray the word of God, I mean, you know he's going to answer his word because it's there. If it's his will, you know you've got it. He's going to answer it in his time and in his way. You may not see it, but he's going to answer it in his time and his way. So it comes back to love. And I love that song by Phil Wickham called It's Always Been You. Um, You know, prayer is not meant to be a duty and an obligation. And that song, It's Always Been You, Phil Wickham is pouring out his heart. And whoever wrote that, whether it was him or someone else, it is the most wonderful prayer about, hey, it's always been you, God. You you were the one who came to me to save me. And you are my protector. And you're the one who guides me. And um, go listen to it. I cannot do it justice. But... It comes back to love. The reason that God gives us prayer is because he wants to hear from us. Don't you think he already knows everything about you? Absolutely. So why would he care to take the time to listen to us any time of the day and to be available 24-7? There can be only one reason. Because he's crazy in love with you. And that's the kind of God that I want to know better. 
and then I want to love and follow better. So this is Serendipity Girl. And again, a lot of these truths were coming from scriptures and the conclusions were coming from Personal Spiritual Life by Dennis J. Mock. Uh, Bible Training Center for Pastors. The book is available if you take the course and the courses are reasonable and um, very, very life-changing, very thorough. And you can go to www.btcp.com to learn more. This is Serendipity Girl wishing you a serendipitous day.